This morning, I would like to title my sermon as Moms Make Next Generation Leaders. Can you say that with me? Moms Make Next Generation Leaders. So we are going to focus on the life of David. So in the Bible, twice it was mentioned that David was a man of God's own heart. You know, somehow last week, this particular scripture was coming in my mind many times. God saying that David was a man of God's own heart. You know, nobody else was told, nobody else was given that honor of being said that God's, they are God's own heart. They had God's own heart. But except David, David was a man of God's heart. Now we as parents and as moms, how do we raise our kids and prepare them to be their next generation leaders? There are some amazing lessons this morning we are going to learn you know, what do we invest during the initial few years in their lives is going to decide their future. What do we invest in their lives when they are below five? What do we invest in their lives when they are five to eight or nine? It's, it really matters because that is going to decide their future. Because once children grow up, they don't need to listen from the parents. They don't need to really learn from the parents. They learn from everybody, from everything that they see. But when they are so little, when they are in your hands, they get a good opportunity of learning from us. And that's going to go away. You know, as we advance, as the te technology advances, the age that is going to come down, the time, the days, then when they are going to learn from you. The moment they get access to the internet, they don't need you anymore. They get to learn everything from the internet. And this morning, I want to talk to the parents. I want to talk to the future parents. You know, how do we raise our kids? You know, this is a serious affair. You know, this is very, very important because that is going to decide our future. That is going to decide our family. That is going to decide our church. For example, David. Listen to me. David was a great king in the word of God. In the world, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Bible talks so much about David. But before he was a king, David was a soldier. He was a faithful soldier. He did what Saul asked him to do. And before he was a soldier, he was an armor bearer for Saul. He carried the sword of Saul. And before he was an armor bearer, he was a songwriter and a musician. When Saul had the depressing spirit coming into his life, David had to come every time singing a song with his instrument. And before he was a songwriter, David was a shepherd doing his family business. And before even David was a shepherd, he was a son. He was a son, learned obedience, hardworking, he learned all the required skills that prepared him for the future. You know, all the skills required to be a shepherd, to be a musician or songwriter, to be an armor bearer or a soldier, or even to lead the people of Israel was developed. Those skills were developed when he was a son to his parents. 
You know, this morning, this is a very important message to us. Today, it is in their homes, in, in, in our homes, with our parents, our children learn all that they can learn. May it be discipline, may it be obedience, or may it be how to pray, or may it be how to love our God. I want all of you to look at me. You don't need to pray now. I want, I want to get your eye contact when I speak to you. This is important because in our house, in our home, our children learn from the parents how to love God, how to honor elders, how to speak to somebody, how to develop the spirit, a soft and gentle spirit within us, how to serve God. Everything is learned when they are at home. You know, we may think that I may bring my child to Sunday school, uh, to Sunday morning, every Sunday to church. They are going to Sunday school. So joy probably will take care of my child. No, that's not going to happen. This is an alarm. This is a danger. There is an, there's an alert here. That will not happen. The reason why I say that will not happen, when you think that it is going to happen in that way, you are wrong. Church cannot do everything that you expect to do to be done in the life of your children. You do you think how long they are at the church? Can you have the next slide? How long they are at the church? They are at the church only 2% of their time in a week. They are at the church only 2% of their time in the week. The remaining 61% of their time, they are with you. They are at home. Listen to me carefully. They are at home. They learn from their parents. They mimic their parents. They develop a character that is same as their parents. They look at you the way you talk to your spouse, the way you talk to your wife, the way you talk to your husband. They try to do the same thing back to you. Have you not experienced? Have you not experienced? I'm asking you parents, have you not experienced that? They mimic and they try to do the same thing that what you do. Because 62% of their time, they are with you. They are not at the church. They are not at the church. So bringing them to church on Sunday morning, it's not going to solve the problem because you are there with you, with them most of the time. Parents have a very significant responsibility to bring up your children in a godly way. Listen to me, this is important. In a godly way. David was a man of God or man of God's own heart. I wanted to know who were their parents. If not your, if their parents, David would not have been brought in this fashion. I know David's father was Jesse. A grandson of Boaz and Ruth. So Lee, he lived in Bethlehem and he was from the tribe of Judah. I know his father. I know very well his father. David was the youngest brother, the eighth brother, the eighth child to Jesse. We read that in 1 Samuel chapter 17. The Bible does not really mention King David's mother by name. We don't see his mother's name. A Jewish legend of the Talmud that is basically the central text of the rabbinic uh, you know, uh, hierarchy, the Talmud. That gives an idea about who David's mother was. David's mother was 
by name Nisbet. That's David's mother's name, Nisbet. We're going to talk about so much about her. We don't see that in the Bible. There is no Bible biblical confirmation about this, but the Talmud or some of the Greek, some of the Jewish traditions, they mention very clearly David's mother's name was Nitzvet. And David also had two sisters by name Zeruiah and Abigail. Bible talks about that in 1 Chronicles chapter 2. But we don't have much information about David's mother, Nitzvet. Except there is one place David says when he sang a psalm in Psalm 86 verse 16, David says, save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Did you listen? Save me because I serve you. We may not see that in all the translations, but a couple of translations, they say that. I serve you just Psalm 86, 16. I serve you just as my mother did. So from these evidence from the Psalm, as from the Jewish traditions, we will be able to find out that Nitzved was a woman of God. You know, now we are going to get into some of the traditional things from the Jewish traditions. Are you with me? Yes, this is very interesting to learn. And you, would not, you may not know about this. I'm not sure whether you heard about these things. We are, this is, these are all not from the Bible, but they are in the Talmud, in the Jewish traditional documentation, and, 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 and in the very evident or very, very authentic books of the Jewish tradition. Jesse's doubt about the purity of his ancestors. Let's get there slowly. Jesse had a doubt. Who is Jesse, by the way? David's father. You need to be following me very carefully. Now, David's father was Jesse. He was a grandson of Boaz and Ruth. Now, Jewish traditions say, not Bible, Jewish traditions say, after several years of marriage with his wife, Nitzvet, and after having raised seven children, David's brothers, Jesse really began to entertain the doubt within him about his ancestry. You know what? Jesse was a very leading, uh, you know, authentic preacher on that day or a leader of Torah, the five books of the Bible. And he was very authentic. But his grandmother Ruth was a convert from the nation of Moab. She was a Moabite, if you remember. That is what we see in the book of Ruth. Now, later in his life, Jesse, after having seven children, Jesse had it out. Now, during Ruth's lifetimes, many individuals were doubtful about the legitimacy of her marriage to Boaz. Again, Torah specifically forbids an Israelite to marry any ungodly or any other Gentile woman. Totally forbids. But you know what? But Boaz married the Moabite woman, Ruth. Now Jewish traditions say that Boaz died the night after his marriage. Don't see that in the Bible. But Jewish traditions say Boaz, sorry, Boaz died at the night after his marriage with Ruth. Now Ruth conceived and subsequently gave birth to their son, Oded. Ruth's son was Oded. 
the father of Jesse. Now, some troublemaker, listen to me, some troublemakers, they claim that Boaz's death verified that that marriage with Ruth, the Moabite, was illegitimate. For anyone who is in the tribe of Judah, anyone who is the son of Israel, marrying a Moabite woman was totally illegal. Totally illegal. Follow with me. Now Jesse was really thinking about why that happened to my grandparents. Why did that happen to my grandparents? Now Jesse was conceiving some thought within his mind. If that happened to my grandparents, what about Nitzvet? My wife, after having seven children. If Jesse's status was questionable, you're talking about now Jesse's separation from Nitzvet. If, we are, if that happened to Jesse, my grandfather, sorry, my father, and if that happened to grandfather, if that was not permitted, I'm not a true Israelite. How can I marry Nitzvet, who is a true Israelite? That doubt started coming in his mind. I'm not from the true tradition of the Jewish. I'm already mixed with the Moabite woman. How can I live with this, such a true woman? Because I'm not an Israelite. I'm not a pure Israelite. That thought came in, my, in his mind. And Jesse decided the only solution would be to separate her. So they were no longer engaging in the marriage and marital relationship. And Jesse's seven children, they were very well aware, aware of this. That Jesse and Nitzvah, they are going through a time of separation. After a number of years passed, Jesse longed for a child whose ancestry would be unquestionable. Jesse had seven children, but then their ancestry was questionable because they were not married to a pure Israelite. There was a mix from the Moabite. Now Jesse decided, I want to have a pure ancestry. My children, my child need to have a pure ancestry. And that means Jesse had to marry another woman. And Jesse planned to marry. He encouraged the relationship with his Canaanite maidservant. Listen to me carefully. Jesse engaged a relationship, marital relationship with the Canaanite woman, maidservant. Now, that maidservant, Canaanite maidservant has so much of pity over Nitzvet, Jesse's wife. And on that night, the wedding night, they did a trick. Nitzvet and the Canaanite woman they switch places. It's very interesting. And eventually Nitzvet could sleep with Jesse. But Jesse was not aware of this. You remember the switch really worked in the life of Leah and Rachel for Jacob. It worked. It worked. So now Nitzvet became pregnant. You can imagine now. Jesse was not aware of it. Nitzvet became pregnant now. 
Nichweth never revealed this to Jesse, what she has done with the Canaanite maidservant with her help. Even when her pregnancy was apparent, people had a doubt now. Nitzvet was despised. And the fetus that was in her womb was despised. Listen to me carefully. People thought that Nitzvet became pregnant because of an illegitimate relationship with somebody. They know very well. They separated. They got separated. And now people had a doubt that Nitzvet is pregnant because of an illegitimate relationship. Again, this is his extra-biblical legend. And there is no way to confirm the accuracy of the story of Nitzvet. But there is a reason why I am sharing this with you. The entire lineage of Jesse was questioned. People claimed that the positive qualities of Boaz was found in seven children of Jesse. And all the bad qualities, the negative characters of Ruth is found in the disgraceful child by name David. Now let's talk about David's young age at home. Now you get an idea now where David comes from. Now because David was considered to be born of Nitzvet in an immoral way, but it was not an immoral way, but it was considered because nobody knows. People thought Jesse was lying with the Canaanite woman. But then it was considered immoral by the public. He was treated as an outcast. Traditions say that David was not permitted to eat with the rest of his family, but he was assigned a separate table in his house at the corner. That's where he's supposed to eat. Because he was considered as an illegitimate child, whereas he was not. He was given the task of shepherd because they hoped that the wild beast would come and kill him while he was performing his duties. And he was, for the same reason, he was sent to the pastures in dangerous areas where lions and bears come, thinking that he will get killed. King David's mother, Nitzvet, and her young child, David, felt so much of rejection at home by his own people. I want to take you now to Psalm 69, verse 8. I'm reading from NIV, Psalm 69, verse 8. David says, I am a foreigner to my own family. A stranger to my own mother's children. Do you understand now? Something went wrong somewhere. How can he become a stranger to his own mother's children? He was misunderstood even at a very early age. When Samuel came, only the seven sons were invited for the sacrifice. David was not. Because he was considered treated as an illegitimate child. For Samuel chapter 16 verses 5 and 6. And he said peaceably. Jesse said I have come. Sorry Samuel said. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves. And come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons. Seven sons. He was not even considered as Jesse's son. And invite them to the sacrifice. And we know the story. Samuel asked, do you have the eighth one? And that's the time David was brought in. A child was living and growing up in an atmosphere where he was totally treated as a legal child. Can you imagine David's cry? 
David was also, his birth was considered illegitimate. Psalm 51, 5, David cries out, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. And in my sin, my mother conceived me. That's how people look at me. That's how people look at me. You know, many times we wonder why David went through all this. There is a historical evidence to that. David was rejected, but God lifted him up. Psalm 118, 22, David talks about himself. You know, many times prophetically he spoke about himself. That's concerning the forthcoming Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Psalm 118, 22, the stone which the builders rejected had become the chief cornerstone. He was rejected and he was despised. David was a poor, despised and lowly individual who lacks even a single friend to comfort him in times of trouble. Why? Nobody cared. Everybody was thinking that he will get killed somehow. Psalm 69 verse 19, you know my reproach, my shame and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart and I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none. Why not even a single person was there to support? Because everyone, the whole world thought he was an illegitimate child to Jesse. They also gave me gal for my food and for my thirst. They gave me vinegar to drink. That's how David was treated in his childhood days. But my point is not that. I'm just coming to, back to my point now. David's mother had a total responsibility of bringing up this child. Bringing up this ill-fated child to a king. To lift him up to a king of the nation. You know, David possessed many great qualities. They were inherited certainly from his father, Jesse, from the tribe of Judah. Very strong qualities Jesse, David had. But at this tender age, at this very young age, it was his mother to, who protected David from all the adversary. You know, now come to, come to an understanding and to find out how important as mothers we are to our children. It was David's mother who taught him valuing individual's dignity and refraining from embarrassing others. David's mother was very particular. He, she taught him how to deal with people, how to, you know, how to have that dignity, how to maintain your dignity. It was Nitzvah who taught him to be strong and brave when facing hardships. It was his mother who was always with her. Because only, think about it, only mother knows he's a legit child. Father was not. Father was not. You can imagine how David would have grown up in this house, in that house. It was, was Nitzvet who taught David to absorb strength from the inner confidence. And to disregard the harassment and treatment, you know, all the bad evil treatments that was given by his own brothers. In the midst of that condition, that situation, David was well supported by his mother. It was the strength that fortified David to face the most challenging adversary. Because his mother was behind always with David. And David learned a lot of things from his mother. To stand proud and dignified and feel, you know, so, so, so confident in communicating with the Lord in the desert places, in the wilderness. David's mother taught him how to talk to God. 
how to speak to him, how to sing praises to him. It was all taught by David's mother. David's mother taught him to take personal risks in his life for a better cause. I was trying to understand how that quality came into the life of David when he was rejected by everybody, how he could risk his life and go and stand before Goliath. It must have come from somewhere. And I'm sure not from Jesse. He was rejected by him. But Nitzveth was always with him. Bringing him up to take risks in his life. If David would not have taken that risk, Messiah would not have come in that lineage. David was trained in such a strong manner. You know, it speaks to us certain things today. Nitzveth as a mother of young David, who was already despised and rejected by his brother and father, had a great responsibility of making a leader of a nation. You know, sometimes when we go through life challenges in our lives, when we are just left all alone, we have a question, Lord, how do I bring up this child? How can I bring up this child, Lord, just I'm all alone? How can I manage? How can I manage? David's mother, Nitzvah, she was despised and rejected along with David. But she could do it. If she could do it, I'm sure we can do it. It puts a great responsibility and burden in my heart, in all our hearts, in all our lives, to bring up, bring our younger generation today. How much we spend time with them, how do we pour our lives into their lives? That really matters, that really matters. She perfected in her responsibility by bringing up David. I thought three different ways. Number one, to stand firm in front of his adversaries. Can you read that with me? To stand firm in front of his adversaries. Children need to learn the skill. Children need to be taught how they need to be firm. You know, when they go, when they get exposed to the things of this world, they will have challenges. Now child is with you. You are taking care of them. But a few days later, a few years later, you need to let them go to the school and the universities. How do they handle the challenges? How do they turn form on what they learned, what was taught? Need to be taught by mother to a child. To cast his complete reliance upon the Lord. That's what Jesse, sorry, that's what Nitzvah taught to David. My son, you are asked to go to the places where we see lions and bears. There are more, many more dangers on your way. So in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. He will straighten your path. In all his ways, in all your ways, remember him. Anytime you need a help, call upon the name of the Lord. That was told by Nitzvah to David. Even Jesse was rejecting, go there, go there, don't come. You'll get killed someday by animal, by an animal. I don't want to take that bloodshed upon me. But Nitzvet told him, you need to rely upon the Lord, my son. Nitzvet also told him, taught him how to take personal risks for the sake of doing God's will. You know, this is very important for the next generation that, are, that is coming up in our homes. How can they take risk for God? How can they do something for God? 
how, how we can bring them up so that you know eventually they will become men and women of God doing the work of God that requires certain amount of risk how do we bring them up Nitzvah had that vision how she will bring up David and one day they will be, David will walk alongside of Saul carrying his sword. One day they will be, David will fight with the Philistines. And one day David will be seated on the throne as king. And the foundation was laid in such a home setup. You know, today we have complaints about our house. We have complaints about our settings, our setup. We have complained about our spouse saying that. I don't see a godly atmosphere at home because of such and such and such a thing. Think about the day, think about the environment where David was brought up. It was not at all in favor of him, but mother. Mother has a special role in this situation. When everything comes against, mother has a special role in, 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 in this particular situation. No wonder, by looking at all these things that was invested in the life of Nitzvah, no wonder why God could say that I have found David, Acts chapter 13 verse 22, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Nitzvah raised a great shepherd boy, a great songwriter, a musician, a great soldier and an armor bearer, and a great leader of the nation of Israel. You know, today the challenge is upon our lives as we bring up our children, our children in a godly way, try to bring up, bring up as a good leader in the place there where they work, in, in good leader in the society, good leader in the church, in the kingdom of God. Mothers are called to raise godly generation. Can you all stand for a moment as we end this sermon this morning? If you can read that with me. Mothers are called to raise a godly generation. You know, father has a role too. Our parents, both the parents together, you can work in this. But mothers has a specific role considering, you know, the, the, the life of David. Mothers are called to install faith in the lives of young children. You need to have a time sitting with your child, children. You know, when I was preparing this sermon, I was asking many questions to Joy. What do you find in your mother? What do you see in your mother? You know, all that she could say is, my mother used to teach me, you need to have a pure conscience. You need to have a pure life. You need to be holy. Don't hurt anybody. Talk gently. Don't harm anybody. I said, can you say some leadership abilities and qualities that you learned from my mother? Again, she says the same thing. Mothers have a role there to install faith. And she also told any time you need have faith in God. Trust in Him. Mothers have a special responsibility to install faith in the life of young children. Mothers have a responsibility of raising future leaders. We need to teach them how do we take risk. How do we take risk? Remember a story which I heard long ago. A girl was about to die because of the sickness. And the mother and the father, they were standing next to that girl. The girl was, I mean, it may not be a good example, but somehow it came in my mind. So that girl was holding the hands of the mother. 
And she looked at my mom and said, Mom, it's a very little girl. You taught me so many things in life. You taught me how to be disciplined. You taught me how to study and do the homework on time and how to respect elders and how to go to church, how to pray to God. But mother, mom, you never taught me how to die. You never taught me how to die. Now I am in trouble. I don't know how to die. Now that makes me to think you need to teach your child everything before they learn from somewhere else. Before they learn from somewhere else. You know, they are very good in learning. Whoever gets a chance to install something, sow the seed in their lives, that's going to grow. If you delay, if you fail, if you shy, if you feel shy to talk about some of those things, you know, as they age, if you shy away from them, they are going to look at the internet to understand what they are. You need to open yourself up and talk to at least one parent has to open your life to child and teach her when she is or he is so little. Give them an opportunity to learn from you first. Then they will not depart from that. And this morning God is speaking to us from the life of David. The way David was brought up by Nitzvah. This morning God is asking you and telling you you have the same responsibility. Children are given in your hands. Or children are about to come on your way. In the future, it all depends how we invest and how we bring them up. Shall we close our eyes?